0: This is B-Side. I'm Tamara Keith, and on this edition of the show, we're going outside. To my back patio, to be exact. Normally, radio shows come from pristine, soundproof studios, but we're outside with the bugs and the trees and the neighbor's dogs because today's show is all about indoor spaces taken outside. For instance, right now I'm sitting at what could be described as a dining room table, except that it's on the back patio. And our barbecue is huge. It has all the conveniences of an indoor stove, including a range top where you could boil water or cook beans or something. The other day I was in my backyard picking tomatoes, and I could hear a child, I think it was a child, practicing violin. The sound was coming from one of my neighbors' houses. And I've never met these people, but somehow now I feel like I know a little something about them. Producer Sarah Bond figures that her neighbors probably know a little something about her, too. She willingly admits that she walks around in her underwear, has long personal conversations with friends, and even yells at her pets and her husband over silly things. She just happens to do all these things and more outdoors on her back deck. I have an incredible deck,
1: a huge deck, and it's become the hangout for my friends and especially my family. Our house is only 900 square feet. Our deck is 360 square feet, so it's become our de facto living room. I know what you mean about adding another room because when we had our decks put on, it did feel like we had a A house with two rooms added on to it. It was marvelous. That's my mom. She's also our next door neighbor. She loves our deck too because she gets to see what we're up to by just standing on her deck. Hi. Are you saying hi to Grandma? Hi, Hi, Grandma. Margaret, say hi. Say hi, Grandma. Pretty much all the time I'm on the deck, it feels private, like I'm inside and I forget that I'm not. In fact, I'm really not alone. My friends Julie and Chris were over for dinner the other night. As usual, we were talking on the deck with our kids running around making lots of noise. All they had to do was take a look around. How many houses do you see? One, two, three, four, five. And that's just visible houses. And how how loud are we talking? Just normal voice. Do you think our neighbors can
2: actually hear us right now? Oh yes, every word. Yeah, they can because I can hear my neighbors,
1: every word they say. Okay, so you can hear your neighbors in every word they say. Do you ever see them socially? Oh yeah. And what's that like?
2: You just kind of keep it to yourself. You've got the, the private person and then you've got the public person and you pretend you don't know the private person.
1: Other than my mom, I've never spent time with my neighbors. The people behind us, Krista and Joe, moved in almost two years ago.
0: I live um, just behind you, so our backyards touch.
1: And Joe, I'm going to ask you this. How many times have we hung out socially?
2: Um, This would be number one.
1: Sometimes I forget they're even there when I'm standing on my deck, though I can see their house right smack in front of me. When I'm at home, I'm often so busy running around after my two-year-old that I'm in my underwear for the whole morning. And a few days ago, I even did my laundry in my underwear. This is a little weird because our washer and dryer are on our deck in a small shed, and it's straight across from Joe's office.
2: I have noticed the your laundry room more than anything else. Because every once in a while I'll be sitting back there working on the computer or whatever and I'll see, you know, somebody walking across. And more often than not, it's, you know, it's time to switch the laundry. Um, And so that's been, that's been the part that has been most unusual for me to watch.
1: I guess that Joe has probably seen me in my underwear. I realize now that my neighbors on all sides, without meaning to, know a lot about us because of our deck. They probably don't eavesdrop, but they hear a flow of voices, and they know that we have a kid, that we have friends over for dinner every once in a while, and that we talk really loud to my mom while standing on our mutual decks. Joe and Krista, because of their location right behind us, also know a little bit about the division of laundry duty between me and my husband. Luckily they are very nice people, and now that we've spoken and they've kindly not mentioned the underwear stuff, we're having them over for dinner on the
3: deck
0: that was producer sarah bond who i swear is really not an exhibitionist if you want to see pictures of her famous back deck with its laundry room Visit our website, www.bsideradio.org. That's the letter B-S-I-D-E radio.org. This is B-Side. I'm Tamara Keith, and today's show is coming to you from my back porch. I live in a neighborhood called Wild Horse. It's one of those, uh, you know, fabulous new developments with matching homes that have matching roofs and matching fences. And it's the kind of place where you don't really get to know your neighbors all that well. I put a bench in my front yard thinking that I'd go sit there and watch the world walk by. But that hasn't really happened. Instead, it's sort of turned into a decorative piece in the front yard. But on a certain block in Brooklyn, on Union Street, just before the Gowanus Canal, the row houses all have stoops. And when it's warm outside, some of the old timers, most of them Italian, migrate outside of their houses most of the day and night. This past summer, a few Union Street natives got to missing an old childhood tradition, and they organized the first block party in their neighborhood in 12 years. Eve Abrams prepared this story about the neighborhood she calls home.
2: This is the first annual block party for Union Street and next year will be the second. At the end of June we were talking about having a block party because the block hasn't had one in about 12 or 13 years. I thought it would be something nice to have the block come together and have a little party because I remember when I was a kid we had them a few years in a row and it was nice. We filed the application with the community board and we got the block closed for the day.
4: Uh, What brought me to the block? That's a good question. We lived on four place and we moved here because my uncle was moving out of the apartment and we took over his apartment and we never left. I I know my wife since she's six years old. We used to play house together. (laughs) I was the doctor, she was the nurse. When I got married, I was 20, 21, I was gonna be 22. I'm married 37 years to the same grouchy woman.
5: (laughs) I love it. I think it's great. Well, I love how the family sit out on the front steps. I just love that. It feels very Brooklyn to me. That's my first place even on the East Coast, so it's a whole new world. I have a friend who lives about three blocks away, so I loved the neighborhood already, and then we had the good luck to find a place, and it's you know kind of in like near a nice neighborhood, but seemed like it had a little more flavor going on down here. I guess not so yuffied out um, to use. <laughs> like, I don't know what other term you'd use, right?
2: Well, that's the Alonji family. There goes the Vinci family house over there. And the next door is the Lacaros family. And then you go a few houses away are a few elderly people. I think that's why they're not out. And some new people in between the houses were sold. And then you got the people up towards the corner that I know by face, high and by, that have been on the block for a long time.
5: Everyone gets together, like, they kind of become your family even though they're not. Just it's a close net, holidays, whatever. Just out here in the summertime if you want to see somebody. You don't have to be afraid to
2: walk down the block because there's people out. My name is Lucille. I'm here about 38 years. Me, my mother, my father, and everybody, we moved here. And I'm here ever since. And the people that I knew are half gone, but the new people are very nice. I haven't lived on a block where you get to say hi to people as you walk up and down the street every day. I'm from San Diego, kind of everybody keeps their own little lot when you live in the suburbs and, um, and uh, go in and out of your garage and you never see the people you live next to. So it's nice. I like it. It's got character. When I was a kid, all of these families used to like sit outside on their stoops and that's how I knew all my friends from the block. Really there's a, a lot of generations of family on the block that you know know each other's kids and their kids know each other and now I know their kids and you know even my brother and some of his friends from generations of family, their kids are now playing with each other on the block. So that I like about the block.
3: Well, my grandmother lives up the block from me and my two grandmothers live across the street from me and then I live across the street from, from my grandmothers and Grandpa Joey and Chrissy. And Benny and Jackie, and they are my uncles and aunts. I like that sometimes a lot of people we sit outside on the stoop and we talk when it's nice out and everything. Mostly the kids on the block are my cousins and I. We're happy that, like, there are not a lot of kids on the block because we have like the whole block to ourselves.
4: Well, when I was working, I was hardly out. I mean, but not that I retired. I say. I, during the course of the day, I spend maybe half a day outside, half a day. I know most of the faces. The only the thing that annoys me the most is that people don't stay. Once you get to know them, they're gone in a year's time. They're absolutely gone. Either their job takes them away or they're moving to another location. That's it. I, I see strange faces all the time, all the time.
2: Well, everything came up on this block. Property value is low, everybody improved their houses, and uh, everything is better. We're the golden girls. (laughs) We hang out together all the time, do everything together. The only old timers left. The ones before us, unfortunately, are all gone. So we're the next.
6: It's the best block ever. Everybody over here is like unbelievable. You don't find them anywhere else. This is the only place to find people like this. It's like uh, it's a tradition that's disappeared in life. Uh, Family-oriented people. They're not they're not around anymore. Well, my neighbors—they've been here since I was a kid. They all grew up here, basically. So uh, I, I know them for like 40 years, and they all still here. They love it here. I
2: can't think of an Italian invite your friends to a block party and put out a table and have a party outside in the street. You could barbecue, order food, or cater, anything your heart desires, outside in the street. As long as you clean up after yourself, I think it's a good idea instead of having a party in a house. Now I'm thinking that some people might not know what a block party is. Some people need to be educated. As I guess that was an example of why all of the families who had block parties 15 years ago on this block were the same families having them. Again today.
5: Italian. We didn't know
3: the difference, and we just. When we learned the difference was in high school, it was like, that's when they started labeling us. We were mixed culture, but we grew up like one big family. My grandmother was at the block, or, you know. Yeah, Georgia's grandmother was there here. This is our block. This is our home. This is all we know. It's one big family. One big family. That's exactly where we are. Race, culture, doesn't matter. We're all one big family.
0: This story was produced by Eve Abrams, who lives in Brooklyn and interviewed her neighbors Vinnie, Joan, Celeste, Nicole, and Juliette Inter-Nicola, Alexis Callantine, Gina Neri-Casino, Lucille Imbasciano, John Steinberg, Pat Bianco, Gino Vinci, and Jennifer Lopez.
7: Fill my heart with
3: song. Let me sing forevermore. You are all I long for, all I worship and adore.
0: So far on the show, we've heard from people who've taken their lives outside because they want to, because it's a luxury, because it feels good. But what if you didn't have a home to go to at night? B-side producer Hannah Joffe walt spent some time with a homeless man in Seattle to see what it's like to live on the streets.
6: My name is Ralph. I sell real change newspapers, and I live outside. Uh, this is Trader Joe's on Medium Hill. So it's a good selling spot, and uh, people are very responsive here. We buy these for 35 cents a copy down at the office, and then we keep, we resell them for a dollar, or sometimes you get a couple dollars. The day I, you know, being my day's just starting, I wonder what kind of a day it's gonna be. Will it be a lucky one? Steve up, what's up? How you doing, Ralph? Good. Doing? Even though I don't have money, I like being around people, you know. just better attitude. Hi. Thank you, Bill. You. you have a great day. So now we're off to the compass center. Tuesday and Fridays, shower days. We'll take the bus down to the end of the ride free zone. That's one thing about staying outside, though, is it's the little things that you take for granted when you live inside, like a shower, I mean, you have to work at being clean. Okay. How are you doing today? Fine. Okay. Just going to get your first name and your last name. Alrighty. Now we wait our turn for a shower. It's not too bad, there's only one, two people really ahead of us. They supply soap and a towel, and usually razors if you need one. I try to concept. get in and out as quick as I can. This is
4: more like conducting business
6: rather than socializing. Maybe in the beginning you're uncomfortable, but after, after a while you just, you don't think about it. You just do what you have to do, you know. And as far as personal space, you don't have any personal space. When you have a place to live, then you have personal space. What you believe. Okay, I'm up now. See you in We're walking down 2nd Avenue West. We're going just past St. Ann's School right here. Those are the kids you hear. Mine's grown now. My son's a 23-year-old staff sergeant in Fort Bragg. He did eight months over in uh, Iraq. He, he came home a year ago. I was glad that nightmare was over for me. Now he's a good soldier. He's third generation airborne, so. He was born with that stuff in his blood. Now we're just about to hit Cary Park. The best view in Seattle. You look over there, you can see Alki Beach all lit up. Usually late afternoon when I come back up the hill. I'll sit around in the park here, and it's nice and quiet here. Usually, my uh, evening cocktail is consists of a coke and a pint of vodka. When you're outside, you have to really go to hard liquor because beer, with beer, you'd be constantly looking for a bathroom, and that can, that's just not worth it. There's a girl I hang out with. I met her through selling the papers up here. She lives in this neighborhood. We kind of like each other, but you know, the bottom line is I'm homeless. Um, we'll go down by Parsons Park. Parsons Park is, is secluded. That's probably the most personal space I have. Sometimes I take her to my spot. She's not real wild about that, but I mean, she goes there. When you're outside, you have so much time on your hands. But when you're housed, you don't have as much time. But in reality, you do have the same amount. It just doesn't seem as much. Well, we're headed over to my spot. Almost people don't have a place, they have a spot. and uh, It's actually a good place, it's a vacated garage. I'm always concerned about being seen. So we'll walk up, I'll look around, and when I cut, you follow me. So we'll make sure it looks good, no cars. I'll have the candle in just a second. Then there's good lighting. I pulled my bag out here. I try to make it look unlived-in when I'm here. That's why I I bag up my stuff and I fold the futon in half. The only thing here in mine is my this is sleeping bag. This is where I sleep. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, it's the closest thing I've had to an apartment in a while.
0: Ralph's story was put together by producer Hanna Joffe Waltz, who lives in Seattle. This is B-Side. I'm Tamara Keith. And today's show is all about things that normally would be indoors that we take outdoors. Uh, like, say, dancing in the streets. It has a nice ring to it, but it's probably something that you've only seen in the movies. Like, think of Gene Kelly and singing in the rain. For a group of die-hard dancers in San Francisco, outside is where they want to get their groove on. The stage is a blacktop in Golden Gate Park. Their dancing shoes are sneakers, and the big band music is piped in through a portable sound system, a boombox. B-Side's Claudine Zapp and I stopped by for an alfresco swing dance lesson, and Claudine has the story.
5: It's Sunday in Golden Gate Park, and people are out on their bikes, and they're walking their dogs, and they're also dancing. They're dancing the Lindy Hop in the middle of the park. The first time I noticed the Lindy Hop dancers, I think I've stumbled into some dream sequence from a movie musical. I'm walking through the park when I hear 1940s big band music, softly at first and then louder as I get closer to the activity. And there they are, maybe a 100 women and men, young and older, some wearing gym shoes and bike shorts, dancing the Lindy Hop. It's like they were riding by, dropped their bikes and started dancing turns out, Lindy in the park has been going on for 10 years, and I'd never taken a step. So I decide to come back another day and venture onto the outdoor dance floor. Off to one side, pros teach the steps to newbies. But I don't make it to the dance lesson because I meet my own personal dance trainer. His name is Scott, full-time dancer, part-time comedian. That's what he tells me, anyway.
7: Remember, ladies and gentlemen, the 1 o'clock show is completely different from the 1230 show. Hi, My name is Scott Bloom. I'll be your host all night. Thank you. Good night.
5: Scott seems shocked that I don't know how to Lindy, or any other dance, for that matter. Are you going to dance? I don't know how. Oh, come on, how do you not know how to dance? I don't know how to do Lindy, I've never learned, I just watched.
7: You do the you do East Coast.
5: Put the mic down, come on. Hey Tamara, can you hold the mic for a little bit?
7: Now act like you want to dance with me.
5: I know, just ask. Scott may be one. a comedian, okay. but he is serious about Lindy. And I am seriously right. over one my one. head. There's a basic two. one-two back step move but the rest is Scott spinning me around when all I can do is hang on and try my best to follow his lead.
7: It's like having my own little personal cradle. I'm just going to spin her and hope she lands on Gimel, you know what I'm saying? Dude, she's like a buck ten wet. This is easy. She's like five nothing. It's like a hobbit. I'm going to, she's going to grab my ring and throw it in a volcano. There we go.
5: Scott says Sunday in the Park dancing the Lindy is his sacred time. This is pretty much,
7: for a lot of people, I think it's their church. This is their Sunday morning where they get in touch with their community. They kind of, I don't want to say worship, but they kind of ground, for me it's the same thing. It grounds me, gets me in touch with my community, gets me out there active, and you know, just kind of sets me up for the week. Have you ever had a drink in your life? Why? Just to answer the question. Yes. Okay,
5: act like you just did. There you I go. Know. Thank you. By the end of the dance, I'm a little dizzy. But I get it. Being a regular on this outdoor dance floor means you don't have to be dressed up. You don't have to impress anyone. You can just dance. For B-Side, I'm Claudine Zen.
3: Thank you. Way there are those who say to be cool you gotta act this way we're here to say to be cool there's a better way There are those who say to be hip you got to dress this way there are those who say to be hip you gotta dress this way We're here to say to be hip there's a better way You got to swing shout
0: You've been listening to B-Side, brought to you from my back porch. And you know, it's actually pretty nice out here. Uh, Maybe I should come out here more often. We had stories from Sarah Bond, Eve Abrams, Hannah jaffe Walt, and Claudine Zapp, who also produced this show. She had editing assistance from Marie Matheson and me, Tamara Keith. To listen to this show again and learn more about the B Side Crew, please visit our website, BSideRadio.org. That's B S I D E Radio, all one word, dot .org. Or check us out at MySpace, MySpace.com/slash/RadioBSide. We would love to be your MySpace friend. Thanks for listening.
3: Yeah, it goes to
4: just don't think that's necessary.
3: And just to make it today, there are those who say doing wrong is the only way. We're here to say to make it today, there's a better way. You gotta swing it.